0: have your Bible. We're going to be looking today in Romans chapter 3, verse number 21. And, uh, of course, it's vintage church. And whenever you think of something that is vintage, you think of something that is older. Now, when I was younger, I used to think that things that were older were no good. You know, things that are older, that they're out of date, they're antiquated, but here's something that I'm learning, and that is that, that the older I get, the more I like old stuff. It's kind of interesting. And I think part of the reason why is because uh, as I get older, the stuff that is we consider old now is stuff I remember. And so there's just sort of like this sense of comfort that comes whenever I see something that is older that reminds me of when I was younger. Uh, an example of this is just a few months ago, I, uh, Emily and I went to a concert at Colonial Life Arena where the probably one of the greatest bands of all time was playing Journey Play. Any of y'all go to that concert? How many of y'all went? Bunch of liars in here because I saw some of you people there. And when I sat there and I listened to the music and I, when they started playing like faithfully and open arms, I wanted to grow my mullet again. I mean, it was just, it was incredible. And so the older I get, the more that I start to look back at vintage stuff as being stuff, hey, we better pay attention to that stuff. Some of the greatest stuff that there is. Now, unfortunately, when it comes to matters of faith, there are some people who look at who look at Christianity, or who look at the church, or they look at the Bible as being something that's old. You know, it's something that's antiquated, it's something that doesn't have any relevance for the 21st century. But the more and more that I look into Scripture, what I discover is that the God of the Bible is still the same God of today. Hebrews 13:8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. In Hebrews 4.12 it says the word of God is living, it's active. Now now what does that mean? Well it means that, that the things of God are truth. And truth is something that is good for all time. And I think that there are some things that we need to look back to in scripture to be reminded, although they're vintage, they are things that still matter for us today. And a particular Uh, subject that we're going to talk about today is the vintage teaching of justification now it's like "But what in the world is that all about if you've grown up in the church these are probably some terms that you've heard of but the word justification means the action of declaring or making righteous in the sight of God in other words it means taking a person who is guilty and justifying them so that they are innocent Now that is a vintage, that is an old teaching, and for many people it doesn't mix very well in our world today, because what we like to say today is that man is basically good, that that in the end when it comes down to it, you know, we can pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, but when I look at vintage teaching in the scripture, it says that man is in need of justification, and so that's why we're going to be looking today in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 21 and from Romans 1 up to this point as you get to chapter chapter 3 one thing that you'll see is it talks about how man is in a hopeless and a dire situation without Jesus the Bible clearly teaches that our hope for this life is Christ and nothing else And that is why it's important that we understand this term that's used in Scripture called justification. And the idea of justification is something that we're going to focus on today. And I just want to point out just a few important lessons for us to know about justification, this old-timey term. So, So what is the first piece of information to know about justification? very first thing to understand, according to the Bible is that justification or being made right with God is not something that you earn justification is not earned matter of fact if you look back in verse number 21 listen to this it says but now apart from the law God's righteousness has been revealed attested by the law and the prophets Now, the idea that we can't earn our way into God's good favor is something that can be confusing to a lot of us because we like to think that, you know, if I'm going to get something, then I have to go out and I have to earn it. You know, if I'm going to get that Ford Futura, more than likely, it's not going to, Ricky's not going to give that to me. I mean, that's something that I have to go out and I have to earn. And in a lot of areas of life, it's absolutely true. I mean, parents, isn't that what you try to teach your children? There ain't no such thing as a free lunch, right? I mean, I heard that and I thought that is the dumbest saying I've ever heard. And then as I get older, I'm thinking, there's so much wisdom, you know, in that statement. And I become more and more like my parents. But when it comes to a relationship with God, it is not something that you earn. Verse number 20 in in our text today says, For no one will be justified in his sight by the works of the law because the knowledge of sin comes through the law. What does that mean? It means I can't earn it. Did you know that you will never be good enough to be justified in the eyes of God? Did you know there will never be a time when you finally do so many good things that God's going to look at you and say, finally, finally he has made it. He has earned his way into my favor. Guys, it's not going to happen. The reason why is because we all carry with us a massive debt. And the Bible says that debt is sin. And there is a cost, that comes with being disobedient to God. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. Now sometimes we think that we're going to be able to kind of manage that debt like we do in our daily lives and kind of work things around where everything's going to be okay. We think well, you know, with God, you know, if I if I just simply do more good things than bad things, and that will erase the debt. Or if I'm really kind to people then God's going to look on me and everything's going to be fine. But here's the problem. The the, the debt of sin is so massive that we can never pay for it. You know, I I go to the Y and whenever I go up there, the only thing I do at the Y is I run. Get on a treadmill and I run. And I see some of you guys out there and you guys go over to the free weights and and you're impressive. I mean, y'all sit there and you put those stacks of 45s on each side of the bars and you start lifting it. And I'm running. I think that'd be cool if I could do that, you know. Because it does. It looks. Impre- I mean, I, people would be impressed if I walked over there and put six forty-five pound weights on each side of the bar, and they'd be real impressed until I got underneath the bench press and tried to lift it. Now they wouldn't be impressed then, because my arms would snap off if I happened to get it up. I mean, I, I'm not going to be able to lift it. Now, why is that? Because I'm not strong. Uh, because I don't have the power. It doesn't matter how badly I want to impress people. It doesn't matter how badly I want to lift that weight. There is a time or there's going to be a point when that weight is too much for me to be able to lift it. And the same idea is true with God. As badly as I want to be justified before God, as badly as I want to earn His good favor, it will never happen Because the debt of sin is too big for me to lift that weight by myself. I can't do enough good things to erase that sin. You know, this whole idea, this whole part of the message reminded me of uh, last year whenever the Ebola virus broke out. Y'all remember that? It was over in Africa, and we brought, there were some people that came over here to be treated. And the fear... Of Ebola which I get it's it spread faster than the disease in America and the reason why there was so much fear you might remember there was that nurse I believe she was in Dallas Texas you remember she she did everything you're supposed to do she, put, you know, she said she followed the protocol set out by the CDC she went in there treated the patient and she got the Ebola virus anyway now when that happened that started freaking everybody out. Like man, we've done it. We, they she did everything you're supposed to do and yet she still ended up getting sick. And I thought about that and I thought, "Guys, that is precisely the dawning situation we face when it comes to sin. Sin is like a deadly virus and and we can you know, we can have our own protocol about how to avoid it. You know, we can put on the hazmat suit of self-justification and and self-righteousness, and yet when we stand before God, we're still going to be contaminated by sin. Because it only takes a little break in the protocol to doom you. We're told in James 2.10, it says, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. How encouraging is that? I've been perfect except for one little thing, and yet Scripture says you're guilty of breaking all of the law. Now, so protocol can't save us. My my self righteousness can't save me. But here's what's interesting to me. Back to Ebola. You remember how that nurse's life was saved? Was, was it saved because because she got on a new exercise regimen? Yeah. You know, was was it saved because she changed her diet? You remember how it was saved? You, you know, what happened? She got a blood transfusion. Remember that? There was that other missionary. He survived, and they took his blood, and they put it in her, and she lived. And I thought, that is Jesus. Jesus went to the cross, and he died for us. He shed his blood for us, and then he conquered death. And then whenever his blood, and we trust in the blood of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, his blood inoculates us from the power of sin. That's what the Bible says. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him, meaning Jesus, there is redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sin. We're told in Romans 8, 1, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Guys, we don't earn justification. It is something that is given to us. So what should we know about justification? Well, it's, it's not earned. And then here's another thing we ought to know about justification. Justification, it is needed by all of us. Every person in this room is in need of justification. Verse number 22. It says, that is God's righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, this was a very difficult thing for the people, for the Jewish people to understand because they thought they were in good standing with God because they were Jewish. And this came about because all the way back in Genesis chapter 12, God told Abraham, he said, it is through you. I'm going to make you into a great nation. He said, whoever blesses you, I will bless. Whoever blesses you and your people, I'll bless. Whoever curses you and your people, I will curse. And so the Jewish people said, we're good. We're related to Abraham. We're all covered because of who we are related to. But what they didn't understand is that, that God was not interested in, in their flesh, who they were related to. God said, listen, I want your heart. I want you. In Philippians 3, 4-9, through 9, Paul spoke of this when he said, I once also had confidence in my flesh. He said, if anyone else thinks he has ground for confidence in the flesh, he said, I have more. He said, I was circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Hebrew born of Hebrews regarding the law, a Pharisee, regarding zeal. Man, I persecuted the church regarding the righteousness that is in the law. He said, I was blameless, but everything that, it was, that was a gain to me, he said, I have considered it to be a loss because of Christ. And then he goes on, he says, My righteousness comes about simply because of my faith in Jesus. Guys, personal salvation is based upon an individual faith. No one is grandfathered into a relationship with God because of where they go to church, because of who they're related to, because of the fact that they might have have something more than somebody else. The Bible says that we are all guilty. In verse number 22, God says there is no distinction between man. You know what that means? It means God doesn't play favorites. God looks at your life to see how you live. It is the picture of justice. God is just. You know the the picture of justice that we have? It's that lady that wears a robe, and she's holding a, 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 a scale. Remember, her eyes are blindfolded. What does that mean? It means justice is impartial. It takes what you have done and what you have not done And it weighs it out And then it distributes justice like it's supposed to be It's exactly what God does He says there's no distinction Now guys, justification, it's not, for, it's, it's not simply forgiveness It's a part of it, that's not all of it Justification is not simply forgiveness Now, now ju- forgiveness would be like if you're in school And you make uh, an F And your teacher for, forgives you and passes you that that that's 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 forgiveness. Justification is when you make an F and your teacher turns it into an A. Now, that never happened for me. But that is that is justification. Justification is also more than a pardon. This is what's interesting to me. Justification is more than a pardon. Now, when you pardon somebody, when a judge pardons somebody, he pardons him for something he's done in the past. When God pardons people, he pardons them for things that they will also do in the future that's amazing. It takes Jesus to be able to be justified. It takes Jesus to cover your life to be justified. And when you're covered by Jesus, when God looks at you, he looks at you differently. It's like if you're wearing glasses, and you're, the lenses on your glasses, they're tinted blue. When you look through those glasses, that's going to change your vision, isn't it? Everything's going to be tinted blue. But whenever your life is covered by Jesus, when God looks at you, he's looking at you through the lens of Jesus. So when he looks at you, he he doesn't just see you. He doesn't see your, 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 your failures and your sin. What he sees is he sees Jesus. That's why the prophet Isaiah was able to write in Isaiah 118, Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Now, justification, it's an old-timey term. Guys, it packs a powerful punch of truth for our lives today. Justification is not earned. Justification is needed by us all. Now, here's the last thing. Justification, it's costly. It carried with it a cost. uh, Verse number 24, it says, "...they, those who believe in Jesus, they are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus." God presented him as a propitiation through faith in his blood to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. He presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and declare righteous the man who has faith in Jesus. Now, verse 24 can kind of throw us off a little bit because it tells us that justification is given to us freely by his grace. Now, the word freely means free. It means I didn't pay for it, so I get it free. But somebody else paid for it. Now, who paid for our justification? Jesus did. The Bible says that Jesus came in order to redeem us. That word redeem, it means to pay a ransom for you. Now, some of you might be thinking, I didn't know I was being held hostage. Oh, yeah, you are. We are held hostage by sin. Because sin destroys us. Sin separates us from God. And so for us to be able to have freedom, somebody had to ransom us. And so Jesus came in order to give us freedom from the power of sin, the power of anger, and the power of lust, and the power of greed. And when we trust him, then the bank account of Jesus is open to us, which means that we can have freedom from all things. Now, where we get in trouble is when we begin to take that for granted. And we begin to think that justification is something that really isn't that big of a deal. But guys, let me encourage you, always remember this. To be justified, while it's a great gift, it carried with it a great cost. Of Jesus Dying and giving himself for you, he stood in your place that you might have freedom. I read a story about a guy named Glenn Duhig, and uh, he's not a famous man. He's been in a lot of movies, but he's been in a lot of movies as a stand-in. And he was talking about being a stand-in for Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible Two. And he said, that sounds like a glamorous job. So I get to stand in. I think I'm, you know, that I'm good looking enough to be able to stand in for Tom Cruise. He says, now, what that means to be a stand-in for him, so, you know, I do some of the stunts that he does. He said, but it's not as glamorous as you think that it is. He said, now, while I get to be in the movie, he said, to be a stand-in, he goes, what it means is whenever they're trying to get the lighting right for the set, he says, I will stand in for Tom Cruise so he doesn't have to go through all the horror of standing out there when it's blazing hot. He said, I stand in, he goes, and they're putting the lights on me, and he goes, and I'm sitting there sweating to death. So there are times whenever I'm standing in and it will start raining. And he said, I have to stand there because they're trying to get the lighting right. And he goes, and I'm getting drenched. He says, and whenever whenever it's all ready, he says, then Tom Cruise comes out of his air-conditioned trailer, and I move, and I walk out, and he does the scene. He said, I do all the suffering, and he gets all the glory. Now, guys, that is what Jesus did for you. Jesus stood in your place by going to the cross and taking your punishment and my punishment so that after he took it, he took all the pain so that we could experience the glory. What in the world? Why in the world? Would he do that? First Peter two, twenty-two and twenty-three, or first Peter two, twenty-four says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live in righteousness. And it says, And by his wounds you have been healed. Now, if you're a skeptic like me, you might say, How long is he gonna stand in for me? How many, how many scenes? Is Jesus going to step in there before he says, I'm done with this? As I tell you, you know how long? He stands in for you for all time. Jesus said in the book of John, he says, I will stand in for you and there will be no one who can snatch you out of my hand. In Matthew 28, Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That means Christ's justification is absolute and it is absolutely for all time. Now think about it like this, you know, gravity, gravity is something that just happens, and there's nothing I can do to override gravity. If I decide to go on top of this building and jump off of it, a hundred out of a hundred times, I'm going to hit the ground. That's what gravity does. There's never going to be a time when I'm going to jump off, and then right before I hit the ground, I start floating. It's not going to happen, right? Right? I mean, every time I'm going to hit the ground. It's an absolute. And the same thing is true with God's freedom and justification. Once we accept his freedom, it lasts for all time, and there's nothing you can do to change it. Again, Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no one who will experience condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, we live in a time when we think we deserve stuff, when we think that we are owed stuff, guys, let me tell you something. Give me a break. We're not owed anything. And yet Jesus is willing to give us everything to justify us. That's an old-fashioned term, but guys, it matters for today. And you see, justification its not earned. It's needed by all, and it is costly. And yet... It will change your life. A term that is ancient and yet a term that is full of truth. Jesus is your stand in, and he wants you to experience justification.